0: Stickety stick stick stick. It's the Stickerton Show. From bureaucracy's basement to your ears, this is the weekly meeting of the Queen City Improvement Bureau. I almost said amusement. Each week, the dedicated staff of the Bureau uh, make reports, file recommendations, and attempt to survive on water that drips from the boiler pipes in the back room in their open mouths as they sleep on a bed of dot matrix printer paper. One day, maybe, they'll escape from this subterranean hell that is the sub-sub-basement, but until that day comes, the city is not going to improve itself. So, here we stay. Improving things. This meeting is now in session.
1: Hello. Hi. Hey, hello. How are you doing this fine day? Good. Uh,
0: I'm glad now that I've accidentally renamed uh, this place the Queen City Amusement Bureau.
1: It is a fitting name for it, our bureau.
0: It is because we supply so much that amuses and entertains.
1: And improvement is impossible.
0: True. improvements, yeah, we, we kind of gave up on that because nothing ever gets improved. Took a walk the other day. Sidewalk seemed even worse than usual. So I'm like, obviously, improvement is not in the cards, but amusement is a never-drying tap. You know, uh, since we talk about uh, civic uh, infrastructure and so on 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 our show in hmm. these meetings, um, have you heard about uh, Jackson, Mississippi? Uh no. Yeah, uh, well, if you want to go down to Jackson, Mississippi, and um, I don't know, wash your clothes, cook food, uh, have a drink of water, you are out of luck because they have the like wa- a ban on these things now. It's not a ban; their water system has failed. Like, there's oh, no. no water pressure, and they say that their water system is uh f- has failed, quote unquote, indefinitely.
1: Um, what did? It, how did they do this?
0: well apparently, apparently the major the large pumps on their water station were damaged they don't know how look they just they, they simply said we don't know how so they were using smaller backup pumps but those have failed so right. now there's nothing and i think it looks like if i had to guess and i'm just guessing at this point but i'm betting that the cost of replacing or repairing those pumps is beyond what they can do Right. So there's nothing, and so they have to like rely on on the state to come in and uh, the state of Mississippi to come in. but um yeah,
1: have they it, tried turning their water system off and turning it back on again?
0: I imagine they have still still nothing. and I guess there is liquid, um, but you're advised you know that can be that can be extracted, but you're advised not to uh, drink it, bathe in it, go near it at all.
1: Do they know what the liquid is? Is it like a rich, slimy ichor? That comes out of taps now.
0: <laughs> I can only help. No, I yeah, I think I think it is basically sewage at this point. Oh. Or you know, wastewater.
1: Of all the ickers, that's the worst of the ickers.
0: Yeah, like some icker has magical properties. Like some mm-hmm. icker is like, you know, is is like spilled from the veins of a demon, but not this icker. There's there's nothing to be done with it.
1: Well, that's sad. <laughs> I'm I'm sorry yeah. for them.
0: Yeah, they they were on a boil water advisory for a while, but that is gone because there's no water to boil and boiling the stuff that comes out will not will not make it non-toxic what was yeah. the name of the town again jackson mississippi the capital city like it's not a so town. not small it's the capital city of, of of the state of mississippi
1: wow yeah i missed this
0: yeah i i saw this and i was like this can't be but then i read a few news stories I'm like, oh my god can be and is
1: yeah that's uh that's horrifying Apparently
0: flooding did some damage. I think, I think the damage is due to flooding and other things. So essentially this can be laid at the feet of climate change and probably under taxation and defunding of vital. So.
1: Well, that's kind of a warning sign to us. I mean, considering that we have also had some troubles with our water system. I I can't remember Mm -hmm. how many years ago it was that we had like that algal outbreak in uh, Buffalo pound that overtaxed our system. And, uh, it didn't lead to anything like this, but it was like sort of like this, you know, wake up call that yeah, our water systems are always precarious, no matter how much we take them for granted.
0: Of course, the the real problem with our water system is socialists trying to fluoridate the uh, our, our reservoir.
1: Well, there's that. We are actually working on and uh, more of this past. We had to like recently at a council meeting we passed. I can't remember how much it was. It was some millions of dollars was... Uh, approved to uh, rejuvenate the Buffalo Pound Water Treatment Center.
0: That is excellent.
1: Yeah. And so that'll be coming on stream. I believe the work's being done in 2023 to be done in 2024, something Mm -hmm. like that. I am pulling these numbers out of my butt, Um, but I know that this work is ongoing and we're in like the planning stage now and that, you know, we should have things uh, up and running. And I think it's in 2024 that we're supposed to get the fluoridation in the city because that comes on stream. At the same time that the no. water plant gets fixed.
0: No, I've, I have heard though, that uh, some people um, like some people from like, I think certain cultures don't, don't, don't drink water. And oh, really? And these, yeah, these are, they're, they're like, they also don't like homes. So they're, they're like these, those wanderers. They also are are very thirsty because they don't drink water. So right. I question the need for all this money spent on uh, upgrading and uh, our reservoir when, Um, There's a few people who don't drink any of the water.
1: You know, if you can even just, you know, posit the possibility of people who choose not to drink water, I don't think we should be spending tens of millions of dollars to upgrade our water system.
0: Exactly. Because I mean, these people, I mean, they, they do admittedly live only in my head, but Mm -hmm. like what if they escape from my dreams sometime, like, like a Sandman style figure and, uh, escape into the real world where they um, wander around going thirsty like that.
1: Yeah. Clearly they deserve a say on all. Exactly.
0: And it will be, it will be an embarrassment, like almost a province wide embarrassment when, when this happens. Our hypothetical tax base. Right, man. Yeah. I think we should like be giving a voice to the hypothetical tax base who pay no taxes, but that's the way they hypothetically like it. Anyways. Uh, I, I will I also want to mention a um, headline I, I saw in the leader post Regina theft of guns, comma, police equipment, a threat to public safety. And uh, turns out there is some uh, police issue clothing equipment, armor, and uh, also a couple of guns. I think uh, yeah, police issue guns, a shotgun. What is it? Uh, a Glock. Is it Glock? No, it's a shotgun. Yeah, 12 gauge Remington shotgun and an SPS 308 rifle taken from a home, detached garage of a home in the 3300 block of Green Moss Lane in Regina. So... I have questions. Go on. I have have questions too. But my my main question is, why would you write a headline that says the theft of guns is a threat to public safety and police equipment when I think the threat to public safety might be the people storing police equipment in an unsecured, detached garage in the suburbs? Like, I think that I worry more about that kind of thing, frankly. Yeah, <laughs> it's leaving police gear around. How um, many
1: garages in the suburbs are currently storing police gear?
0: We will never know. So that's why we have to send thieves yeah. around to <laughs> to check to assess. We we need to uh, we need to hire criminals to uh, to become assessors. I think is what we yeah. need. And when if did- they if they take it, well, that's that's on you for storing your stuff in your garage. Now, if they if they just been defunded like someone said this wouldn't be a problem or maybe um,
1: this is a problem of the defunding that's already happened
0: oh maybe well i think actually they don't
1: they'd... have they don't have like a nice storage lockup, so they <laughs> have to right. start they have to start using their own garages you know if we defunded them enough they would have to start, start just selling this stuff off
0: just so police could maintain their like 100k plus salaries yeah, yeah uh and that i think so like we'd see like it would all be above board There we go to the police auctions as they sold off all their weapons and gear.
1: If the police were smart, they would be storing all of their excess guns in their police plane that they just bought. And then Ah. the guns could constantly be circling overhead. And there'd be no way it could get stolen.
0: Yeah. And every but I mean, eventually somebody would like drop some guns and then there'd be a headline saying, you know, rain of rain of guns and gear. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Finally, we can defend ourselves. That's right. Hallelujah. It's raining guns. It's Zardoz time, people. That's it. Instead of a plane, the Regina Police Service should have bought a gigantic floating head that went around screaming, the gun is good. And then then the police could dress like Sean Connery in Zardoz.
1: So many well, missed opportunities in this city.
0: So many missed opportunities. I think you should start with a uh, an enforced screening of Zardoz at the next sort of police meeting. And then, yeah. you know, and then Evan, Chief Bray could be like, this is how it's going to be from now
1: on. I'm disgusted that they lost these guns and that they didn't buy a Zardoz ad.
0: Yep. It is. It is absurd. That's it. Absurd.
1: Hey, we're on 91.3 FM CJTR, Regina Community Radio. We're the what? Queen City Improvement Bureau. And at some point, we're going to talk about city council stuff.
0: unbelievable. All right, then. Mm.
1: Hey, um, there was a council meeting while I was in Banff. So Mm -hmm. I have been catching up on what happened at this meeting because it was another gigantic marathon meeting went all freaking day. No human who comes to this after the fact is going to subject themselves to the whole thing. Uh, I have watched a good chunk of it at double speed, but um, that parking lot that we've been talking about. The one on Scarth Street, that city administration, in their wisdom, uh, recommended council build another surface parking lot in a neighborhood just half a block from downtown. Uh, it The bylaw to make this happen was mm. at this council meeting, and it was right at the very beginning. Uh, normally, when you get to the bylaw reading phase, councils already made the Excuse me, councils already made their decision. So reading the bylaw is just, you know, it goes by pretty quick. It's technically like, it's technically makes this law official. Nothing can happen until the bylaw is read three times, but it's yeah. kind of a formality because it usually always happens. Uh, the only time that I've ever seen uh, a bylaw not go through at the reading phase was like last year with this council, when they wanted to shift, they wanted to change the procedure bylaw so that no delegations would be coming to council, they would only be going to executive committee. Ah. And this was all like a big surprise. People didn't know this was coming until the bylaw was already being, you know, was already like being written up. And so tons of people came up to speak against the bylaw. Council changed mm-hmm. their mind. Mm -hmm. So this parking lot bylaw actually had somebody come out to speak against it, and I wanted to play that. Uh, Her name is Anna Norris. Uh, She just came as a citizen representing herself. Uh, What she had to say was very good, and I'm going to play that uh, right now when I find the share screen button. There it is.
2: Uh, i would call upon delegation uh, anna norris uh, i'll ask you that you introduce yourself for the record the organization you're representing if any and where you happen to reside you'll have five minutes to address city council after which time you'll have the opportunity to answer any questions they may have for you good afternoon thank you my name is anna norris i'm representing myself as a resident of Regina. in the month that's passed since the approval of this application to rezone uh, I assume that city councilors have had ample time to reflect and to hear from the constituents on the deficiencies of an argument in which surface parking is presented as the solution to the question of keeping women safe in downtown Regina. Downtown Regina is indeed a often frightening and unpleasant place to walk, whether or not you are a part of the group referred to repeatedly in the previous council meeting as females. Uh, The reason it's so frightening and unpleasant is in large part because of the parking lots, which turn the area into a wasteland that is convenient only for car storage and for crime. Uh, Luckily for all of us, I don't need to belabor the point about the undesirability of parking lots, which has been well established in this room and has been enshrined in the official community plans that govern the area of the proposed rezoning. Against the odds, however, I do sometimes go walking in downtown Regina, uh, which is how I noticed that the properties formerly located at 2158 and 2160 Scar Street, referred to in the recommendation, uh, carried on July 13th, are already parking lots. Um, Although it's not yet paved, as was specified, the houses are absent, and as I walked to uh, City Council today, there were three cars parked in the lot. Um, That the space is already in use as a parking lot is notable when section 2.6 of the approved recommendation states that the approval to initiate the proposed development shall be valid for two years from the date of passage of the bylaw authorizing the contract zone agreement. The fact that the bylaw has been carried out before actually being read indicates a curiously pessimistic view of what legislation and public consultation are for. It seems to indicate that reading a bylaw once, let alone three times, is a formality that council, and by extension any interested citizens, take part in for our own enjoyment, but that has no impact on reality. In the face of this assumption, a pessimistic view would be that council now has no choice but to uh, approve the bylaw, since it has, in fact, already been carried out, Uh, and in that light, jumping the gun on the installation and usage of the parking lot appears almost tactical. I hope, however, that we might be able to find more fortitude than to merely accept, and in accepting, establish our own powerlessness. We know that surface parking is actively harmful to people, communities, and to the climate. We know that the project has already proceeded under the assumption that today's activities are merely a formality, but the bylaw has not been passed, uh, and this is only a formality if we choose to make it one. There is still time to do what should have been done in the first place and put into practice the priorities of downtown revitalization, community safety, and sustainability that council has stated are supposed to be the guiding principles of decision-making in Regina. Thank you.
0: As I've heard before from the kids, they got served. Wow, Norris did a great job. That was fantastic.
1: I live for delegations like that. That was, she handed it to council.
0: The the only thing she didn't do was say the, the phrase the female contingent, mm-hmm. that that would have been the the absolute cherry on top of that, that yeah. like delightful Sunday of of telling them what was what.
1: Yeah, it was uh, it was masterfully done, uh, bringing to council's attention the fact that the parking lot they hadn't yet approved. Was already being used as a parking lot. Was uh, fantastic. It was surprising. It was actually like she she turned in this speech beforehand, so everybody should have been able to read it
0: mm-hmm.
1: before the meeting. Uh, it completely turned the direction of the meeting. the um, The first reading passed nine to or eight to one, nine to one, something like that. I can't remember. There's only only one vote against the parking lot uh, after Anna spoke. Councillor Stevens spoke against the parking lot. I don't think he was actually there for the council meeting where, where it originally passed. Councillor Hawkins spoke against it. He also took administration to task, uh, quite thoroughly for Hmm. allowing, allowing the parking lot to go ahead. He pointed out that granting the demolition permit for the house, uh, for the houses that were on the lot, uh, should probably not have been allowed, or at least it should have alerted administration to the fact that the the landowner was going ahead with the parking lot, even though the <laughs> bylaw do- didn't exist yet, um, and that they should have been more vigilant. Uh, I've been since since this, I've been past that site and they now have like barricades up so that people can't go parking there. <laughs> we don't know why people were parking there, if it was like the tenants who are supposed to be there or if it was just like neer wells parking scallions who just park wherever they want
0: oh that's it's probably it yeah. yeah i
1: bet that,
0: i bet that was it um but yeah that's i'm glad i'm glad she made that presentation yeah.
1: yeah yeah and in the end what happened was you had five to four votes in favor of the parking lot uh so four votes against five votes in favor to read to to do all three readings of a bylaw in the same meeting, you have to have unanimous approval to advance to third reading, and they did not get that and this means that because it is the summer, there aren't council meetings every two weeks anymore uh this parking lot is going to be waiting until mid September to get approval uh finally and officially this it is it would it would blow my mind if you were able to get a vote against this bylaw at this point. I think this this parking lot is is a done deal at this point. Mm-hmm. But by by speaking at council, Anna Norris was able to like make this process a lot more difficult and a lot more painful, mm-hmm. and force both like landowners to realize you're not just going to get your parking lot without some without I don't know some friction along the way and remind administration that their job is supposed to be standing up for the official community plan and not recommending these things in the first place.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I think, uh, I, I think, I think we should uh, revive our practice of, uh, of awarding people the status of improvement vector and, and send one to Anna. That's a good uh, idea. Um, but also, yeah, it's, it really speaks to the, that sort of culture of like complacence and sort of the sort of laissez-faire relationship between city government administration and and the business community in the city. Whereas it's all just it feels all like a wink and an odd. Oh, yes, of course, you have to have all these, you know, these plans and regulations and, you know, formalities, wink, wink. Uh, but, yeah, we'll just mow down some buildings and put cars on them. While while we wait for the actual, while we wait for the city to come in and, you know, pave it. Uh, anyway.
1: Yeah. Anyway. Uh, I'll be curious to see if we actually get the landscaping that was promised for this parking lot. Uh, there was a parking lot that was put in at 1755 Hamilton. It has since been, it's no longer a parking lot. It's just a vacant lot. They're not allowed to have parking there. But it was supposed to be landscaped between the parking lot and the uh, sidewalk and all that was ever put up was a chain link fence and some crusher dust. Uh, so that's another thing that administration doesn't seem to enforce with, uh, you know, the thoroughness that you would like is these, re- these additional requirements.
0: I'm, I'm wondering how many people in city administration live downtown. Yeah. Because, because I bet, I bet if, if more of them live downtown, they would change their tune because living in a land of like vacant lots and crumbling sidewalks and empty storefronts is soul crushing and just vaguely embarrassing. Uh I too escaped from from this place uh, recently. Uh went to Saskatoon.
2: Nice.
0: Uh where where you know you can Saskatoon as a city has its problems but at least sidewalks work. Uh <laughs> But when I when I got back, I got back on the bus. It, uh, it dropped me off on Eleventh Avenue, uh, east of Broad, and I thought, well, the the temperature is nice. I'm going to walk. I'll walk to my to my house where I also live when I'm not here uh, in the, in the transition area, and take my suitcase with me, which meant you know taking it on wheels, and it drives home to you just how unwalkable. The city is how how hostile it is to anybody who's not driving a car, like who's not shielded in, in a tiny little motorized home, uh, so they can safely ignore the actual crumbling infrastructure around them. Yeah, yeah. and I recognize that sidewalk maintenance is not cheap, uh, and, and you know, and and all that stuff. But it was it was atrocious see like these crumbling cracked, like barely, barely usable. So like if, if I had a cane or had a wheelchair, I, I would not be able to use it. It's yeah. only because I'm able-bodied that I can walk this place. So.
1: We did pass uh, a few years ago. We passed like a dedicated mill rate increase to the property taxes mm-hmm. to cover residential road renewal because our potholes were so bad. This was done at the behest of the driving community. When these roads are done, they do fix the sidewalks if they need them.
0: When these roads are done. Yes.
1: Yeah. When the roads are done, we get our sidewalks fixed.
0: Yeah. Like, like when the stadium goes up, we'll get our, our, our residents at our rail yard residents, for example.
1: Yeah. 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 Anyways, on that note, uh, we should go to innovative revenue tools.
0: Oh yes. Yes. Uh, I've got a good one. Cool. Uh, I, I think, I realized, and I thought I'd be, I take an entrepreneurial approach because people in this province, you know, they respond to incentives and entrepreneurial solutions to uh, life's pressing problems. So I thought to myself, how do we provide more opportunities for the citizens of Regina to take advantage of jobs, uh, homes, et cetera, et cetera.
1: Social spending
0: just Well, here, here's what we do. If the citizens of Regina can claim to be Ukrainians fleeing the war, then they would get. Then they could be picked up in uh, in a Dreamliner plane, flown to Edmonton, put onto smaller planes, and then flown back to Regina, where jobs and homes would be waiting for them. Wow! And and the, and the people. Of the province, who are not claiming to be or uh, Ukrainians, uh, would open their hearts and homes to them,
1: and their jobs,
0: and, and their jobs to them. So, yeah, I, I just i I think I think it's uh, I think this is a winner um, I, because I, I think agree. We need we need to fill those planes up, and if yeah. we can't actually find Ukrainians to do it, we can we can find uh, anybody to do it. Yeah, and we don't have to worry about immigration and citizenship. Because they already live here,
1: right? And we don't have to worry about them being traumatized uh, or not speaking English, right? Which will make yeah. it so much easier for them to integrate,
0: exactly. Uh, and they can bring their their like their their Ukrainian customs to our land, right? And enrich our cultural fabric. Plus, they get a free trip to Edmonton, and then yeah. you know, which is cool. And then they get like
1: a trip back. That'd be nice. Yeah. Well, yeah. they get to stay at the Fantasyland Hotel while they're there. Do you know it? The oh,
0: nice. <laughs> Fantasyland Hotel. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: All right. Well, I think this this plan is brilliant. Um, I think we should write up the report, send it upstairs, and while we're doing that writing, let's listen to some pre-recorded innovative revenue tools. Ooh. We're back from Innovative Revenue Tools.
0: Whom amongst us is not back from Innovative Revenue Tools, is my
1: question. Malingerers. Ah, right. Oh, we were speaking about parking lots. Uh, That reminded me. Uh, It is, uh, what month? It's August right now still. So Mm -hmm. January, February, March, April, May, June, July, August. We're month eight, I do believe, past when the parking lot that was supposed to go in on the former Capital Point site was to have expired. Hmm. So they got a one-year parking temporary parking lot approval. They said, we need this. We need the revenue from a temporary parking lot to offset the, uh, the work that's going to go into this new super secret awesome project for development on the Capital Point site. You have to give it to us even though this is completely forbidden under the official community plan, council caved, gave them their one-year parking lot. And uh, I do believe the one-year uh, term for that parking lot ended in December, and they never actually put a parking lot in. It has sat unchanged throughout that year without a car parking on it, without any construction, without any sign that anything is happening at the Capitol Point site. We will continue to monitor the situation. Monitoring stasis is <laughs> a thing that you have to do a lot of at the Improvement Bureau. That is that is quite true. We uh, we do have some good news. A, a, an improvement has officially happened now in Did- Regina. We we actually have like we have evidence and we have firsthand accounts of this improvement coming to fruition. Oh man,
0: you know. Didn't we just say at the beginning of, of our meeting that that nothing ever improves? Mm-hmm. I, I, feel is... like the, yeah, I feel like the people who actually have attention spans and listen to our program will will pounce on this and, and hold it up as evidence that we may not actually be City Hall employees.
1: This could either be a counterexample proving okay. that things do improve. Okay. Or it could be the exception that proves the rule. The thing like that's it. like, you know a singular improvement if it is singular proves that things never change.
0: Uh-huh. It it it, pr- it proofs or tests the rule. Right. Right. It's
1: an right. outlier.
0: Yeah. Okay. So let's, let's tell me about this outlier.
1: Transit is now free for children 13 and under.
0: Touching.
1: And uh, I have reports of children 13 and under getting on the bus and not being charged. If you have a child who wants to get on the bus, ride it for free. They do not have to have an adult with them they can just ride it on their own if they wish and they do not have to provide any kind of id so it's all on the honor system uh, i suspect i couldn't ride the bus and claim to be 13 i think they might suss me out but i'm willing to try just to you, test the system
0: you have a youthful demeanor you you you've got you've got youthful energy about you and yeah. they and the bus driver will probably respond and say you know you may not be 13 but you was 13 in my heart.
1: I, I would hope so. I, I can't stress enough how big of a move this is, like how big a deal it is yeah. this happened. I never thought something like this would happen. Uh, this means, so it, previously, ch- it was only children four and under who could ride the bus for free. Mm-hmm. When you turned five, you started paying the youth fare and the youth fare was until you were like 16. The youth fare was only 50 cents cheaper than the full adult fare. It was a 15% discount which is measly. It's it's a pittance. It is. If you were a parent who's trying to bring like two, three, four children on the bus with you, the bus rapidly became like insanely expensive. Uh, Your transfers are only good for 90 minutes. So if you went to see a movie with a group of kids, you had to pay both ways. It effectively became cheaper just to take a taxi, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Which is not, you know, it's not good for Uh, public transit it's not good for the environment it's just bad so this is going to make parents getting around the city it's going to make it so much cheaper the parents who typically take kids on the bus are lower income a lot of new immigrants who come from places where transit use is just you know ubiquitous uh they come here they will take the bus so for new immigrants this is going to be game changing it's going to make traveling around the city so much cheaper for families uh I know that there was like a lot of people who were hoping that children 18 and under would be able to take the bus for free or that seniors would be able to take the bus for free. That hasn't happened. But what we've got now is, is a big change. This means that families get like nine more years of their children taking the bus for free. That's, it's it's a huge victory. And I have seen on social media, some kudos being laid at the feet of the mayor and council, which, you know, fine. However, it was youth activists, uh, like the kids from uh, who've been working with Regina Energy Transition, who we've had on this Mm -hmm. in our meetings, they were the ones who put this on the agenda. It was not council. It was not administration. Expanding the range of free fares was not on anybody's radar until these activists, and these were all like high school students, Until these high school students put this on the agenda, it was not being considered. So this isn't just a triumph for like families. This is a triumph for transit activism, uh, activism, these kids engaged with the process. They filled out all the questionnaires. They called their counselors, emailed their counselors. They showed up to council over and over and over again and kept hammering this until they were able to create a consensus. It was voted through unanimously by council in the end. So, you know, bravo. Maybe in future we'll get, we'll be able to expand this to even more groups of people in the city. But I think for today, take a victory lap. This is awesome. Yeah.
0: Now I have heard that uh, a group of twelve-year-old kids actually rode the bus for free uh, down to the thirty-three hundred block of Green Moss Lane, and uh, I don't want to sort of accuse them of anything, but they stole those guns and police equipment, and I think we can lay this at the feet of uh, of this change. Oh, damn! Yeah, yeah uh, gosh, I didn't want to. I didn't want to bring it up because uh, you know, free transit sounds good until you realize that, that people are going to use it. To commit horrible crimes.
1: Way to find the dark cloud inside that silver lining.
0: Yeah. So when the 12-year-olds come for you with with the with the Remington shotguns and rifles, yeah. you'll say your your last words can be, if if you if you like, just put putting this out there. Damn you, free vagina transit.
1: Well, you know, they'll be coming at me on the bus. So I'll just hop in my car and drive away. <laughs> if I'm not on a bus route, they can't get me.
0: Good Good luck doing crimes on the loser cruiser, you say as you speed away,
1: yeah, yes,
0: well, that's great no I am uh, uh, uh nightmare uh scenarios aside uh i i am I'm really enthused by this. I think it's yeah. great that children can ride the bus now you can ride the bus for free uh yeah. and I love the fact that it's on the honor system, so we don't have you know and i'm sure I'm sure some kids who are a year older maybe will try to get on whatever that's
1: fine yeah. Yeah, it just means that like more teens are trying to use the bus. Like there's exactly. no downside to this.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. Increased ridership by with, with kids trying to sneak on and yeah. beat the system. Yeah, So a little bit of anarchy. That's also a useful tool to learn when you're young.
1: I, I have heard some concerns that, you know, little kids are going to start taking the bus just to take the bus for kicks. And
0: yeah like how is that
1: how is that a downside (laughs) the bus sorry sorry. they're
0: gonna bring their hula hoops on yeah i don't know anyway yeah um yeah i those are those are the weird things that that feels that i feel like that's falls under the sort of general don't threaten me with a good time category
1: yeah i don't know yeah okay well this is great uh i know that the uh, transit master plan, uh, more elements of it are going to be coming to council to be uh, voted on, debated and discussed. There is a report on expanding free transit that's gonna be coming forward later this year. It will be considering whether or not, like not even so much whether or not, but how much it will cost and uh, what do we have to do to expand transit, free transit to up to 18 and also to seniors. So this we're, we've been warned this is very costly. Uh, one of the reasons why they can afford to do this for kids 13 and under is that typically they don't take the bus on their own. Uh, typically, they mm-hmm. just don't take the bus. And yeah. so Regina Transit is only losing, like I think it's like ten dollars or $20,000 a year uh, because of this change. Uh, high school students, however, a lot of them use public transit as their mode of getting to school and uh, uh, losing their revenue from like teenagers going to school on the bus uh, that would be massive it's in the millions of dollars and right. so i think it's unlikely to happen uh similarly uh senior citizens because they get like reduced fares they're not as it would not be as expensive to allow seniors to ride the bus for free as teenagers however it would still be like millions of dollars it would be a significant impact on the bottom line for regina transit so yeah just becomes a question of how much do we value expanding ridership. I've read a lot about how apparently a debate within uh, transit planning circles is, is it better to reduce fares or make transit free, or is it better to improve, uh, like improve bus times, like have bus comes more frequently and get you to places faster, which is better. Uh, The debate seems to fall down on the side of increased frequency is a better bang for your buck than getting rid of fares however uh we don't have a transit system where people see much value in riding it like uh i think people feel that the 325 i think it is to ride the bus right now as adult is way overcharging for the service that you get from regina transit so i think i think until we can we can imagine uh that it's, that it will be possible to improve frequency of bus rides. And I don't see that happening anytime soon. Uh, I think that reducing the cost, like I think free is what people would expect to pay for the service that Regina transit affords us. <laughs> yes. Ouch.
0: Yeah. I know. I know it is, it is uh, 325 does seem, seem like a lot. I understand, you know, the, like I, I take the bus not very frequently, not as frequently as I used to, but, my my main beef with the bus system is actually the frequency of, yeah. of rides. But Same. I can afford to take the bus. Like I have, I like got me an income. I'm a civil servant. Yeah. Uh, but I would I would love it if if I could walk out to a bus stop, especially in a city like Regina, where the summers can be uncomfortably hot, and the winters can be lethally cold, and not not have to like wait or sit there and go, did I miss the bus by like a minute? Am I going to have to wait another half hour or 20 minutes? So,
1: Related to parking. Years and years and years ago, I can't remember when this was, but uh, a motion had come forward. I believe it was from uh, former city councilor Sean Fraser. So this would have been two or three elections ago. And the motion was to peg parking rates downtown to... Transit fees so that transit fees would always be lower. So it was always cheaper to take transit to get downtown than to pay for parking downtown. So, yeah. And it would have meant, you know, raising parking rates, uh, raising meters, the rates on meters as well. He requested a report on this like, what would be involved? How much would it cost? What would we have to do to do this? The council of the day voted against even getting information about this. They voted down this motion. It was a wow. split vote. But yeah, all he wanted was to know, is this possible? What, were the, what would be the ramifications of doing something like this? Council wouldn't even, effectively didn't even let him ask the question of administration. <laughs> so this is how rabidly we protect free and so cheap. It's basically free parking in this town. Mm-hmm. And how much we, you know, how much we disadvantage transit. Yes. So.
0: Yep. There'll there, there be there be certain attitudes towards public transit in the city.
1: Hey, we're on 91.3 FM, CJTR, Regina Community Radio, a radio station that is tuned in to the community.
0: Why why do you shock me with this new information? This is, I, I have to go lie down. Because this is a lot to take in.
1: <laughs> you haven't been paying attention then. No, you know, i
0: i, I I'm sure you're right.
1: Because we literally go over this every 15 minutes.
0: That's true. You told me this before, but I I don't think I was paying attention. So I apologize.
1: That's okay. Hey, you know what Mayor Masters, Mayor Sandra Masters hates? Um, clowns? Okay, that's a given. That's not what I was going for, though.
0: Okay, okay. What what does she hate?
1: Mayor Sandra Masters hates walk-on motions.
0: Ah, yeah. Me too. I mean... If some councilor came out with a walk-on motion in the middle of a council meeting, I'd be like, nope, just now, now I won't be able to sleep for, for a week.
1: If I could give Mayor Masters a t-shirt, it would be the words walk-on motion and a big circle with a line through them. Oof. Yeah. If she needed a t-shirt, what? that's what it should be. So, yeah, we know this because there's, there's you know, you know recurring themes in a in, in a mayor's tenure. And this is the one that has been, keeps popping up for Mayor Masters. December of 2020, the very first city council meeting. Andrew Stevens came with a walk-on motion. Can't remember what it was about. Came with a walk-on motion to a council meeting. Mayor Masters voted against it and spoke strenuously about how she's not a fan of walk-on amendments. And uh, she talked about how if a matter has been discussed at executive committee, to tag on an amendment at council uh, just is bad governance as far as she was concerned.
0: Now, now, hold on a sec, Paul. I, oh, I don't, I, I don't know where you're going with this. Oh, you know like, where I'm going? Well, yeah. Cause I mean, obviously she doesn't like walk on motions. She What's doesn't. the news. So what, what has that got to do with anything?
1: I am going to January of 2021 when Councillor LeBlanc. So in December, she was saying, Walk-on motions at Councilor bad. Executive committee is a gray area. January of 2021, Councillor LeBlanc blot, blot, brought forward an infamous walk-on motion that uh, it was an amendment to the sponsorship policy that would have made it such that oil and gas companies would be added to the list of entities that couldn't sponsor things, uh, couldn't sponsor city facilities.
0: Huh? Very infamous. Cre- <laughs>
1: yeah. Created a firestorm in the province of Saskatchewan. So Mayor Masters appeared on John Gormley Live, the John Gormley show in January of 2021. And to speak about how she did not support LeBlanc's walk on motion. She talked about how she had already told council in December that she didn't like walk on motions. She further said to Gormley, uh, That what happens is that people forget they're elected to govern all of the people and uh, that they're there to support their fellow councillors and that she thinks that's perhaps what happened here. That, you know, the implication being that LeBlanc kind of got ahead of himself and kind of let governance slide. And Gormley asked her at the end of the interview, the cautionary tale is take the time to do it right and remember why you're there. To which Mayor Masters replied, yes, thank you. You succinctly summed that up for me. So it was a question of governance. Governance, walk-on motions are bad. And this, LeBlanc's walk-on motion, happened at executive committee. So this was a, an executive committee meeting walk-on motion. She doesn't even like those, we find out. No matter where they are. No matter where they are. And then this takes us to June of 2022, where she talked to uh, CJME, 980 CJME uh, Talk Radio about her no vote on the mandatory sprinkler amendment that Councillor Mole had brought forward as a walk-on motion. And she said, I voted no last week with intent because I don't believe in walk-on motions.
0: Man, I, you know, I'm glad you're laying all this out because people need to know how dedicated she is to like squashing the very concept of the walk-on motion.
1: She is, she is. And again, this was a walk-on motion at an executive committee that she voted against just on principle of how bad walk-on motions are to governance. So I got some audio I wanted to play for you. Oh, do you now? Okay, cool. I do. Is that okay?
0: Yeah, let's, let's hear some audio.
1: So here's some, counsel, uh, some audio of Councillor Mancinelli from July 6th of 2022.
2: We'll continue on. And Councillor Mancinelli,
3: you were up next. So um, as I spoke earlier I guess I shouldn't have said motion I should have said an amendment. Um, Stepping into council one of the motivating factors was the stadium for me and how it was placed with such a big uh, a big investment and what we could hope to get from outcomes from it. I think that all the uh, voices today talked about the importance of placing an investment where it's most likely to get you the best outcomes not just for providing the the uh, features that it's offer- offering to the public such as swimming um, bodies are what builds economies and bringing people together boosts our economy so with that in mind I move that uh, councillor Bob Hawkins and real president and CEO Tim Reed assemble and co-chair a committee to be known as the catalyst committee with responsibility to number one prepare a report and recommendations respecting the findings of the arena planning study committee aquatics facility feasibility study and the baseball needs assessment including the siting staging and financing of these potential civic infrastructure projects along with any other related civic infrastructure projects which when considered together create an economic recreational cultural placemaking and activation opportunity for regina and its citizens in the decades ahead two Pay close attention to how these identified opportunities, when considered collectively, could interact and reinforce each other to create a transformative movement in the growth of our city of Regina. Three, engage and consult with the community, city, administration, and with the city planners and other experts, locally and externally, on leading practices for advancing and realizing these opportunities. And finally, four, report back to city council with recommendations by Q4 of 2022. Uh, Can I have a seconder?
1: And that, Aiden, was a walk-on motion by (laughs) Councillor Jason Mancinelli at the July 6th Executive Committee meeting.
0: Hold hold on a sec. Hold your horses. Uh It was a walk-on amendment.
1: I apologize for being loose with my terminology, but all of these walk-on motions were walk-on amendments.
0: (laughs) Well, so it's walk-on amendment. So maybe she just doesn't like them being mislabeled. She prefers, <laughs> if they're called what they are, walk-on amendments. So that was a very well-prepared walk-on amendment. I, yeah. I have to say. Which, yeah I mean, by that's, all
1: accounts, by all public accounts, was a surprise. Big surprise. Yeah. So you would think that Councillor uh, Mancinelli's walk-on am- amendment would have received some pushback, especially from the mayor, who hates these things. But she voted for it and has been a big booster of this notion of the Catalyst Committee, which was created here in a walk-on amendment at an executive committee meeting, that uh, there was no public consultation for the notion of a of a catalyst committee. There was no uh, presumably there was no consultation even with stakeholders. Now, when I asked Tim Reed, president of uh, Real, if he had been consulted on this this amendment beforehand, he was like, "No, this was a surprise to me too." So apparently, even Real was not consulted on this notion of a Catalyst Committee. But uh, apparently this walk on motion was totally fine. This for some reason was completely acceptable to the mayor because she has been a big booster of the Catalyst Committee, Uh, she's voted for it. And at the August 17th meeting, the Catalyst Committee has like sailed past another hurdle where we now have the terms of reference have been approved and the membership has even been approved. Uh, Councillor Bob Hawkins will be the co-chair with Tim Reed, who's just, you know, suddenly found himself sucked into this committee that he had no knowledge of happening whatsoever beforehand. Councillor Andrew Stevens will also be on this committee. So there we have it. Uh, Our Catalyst Committee is happening. Only Councillor Shannon Zekigniak voted against the terms of reference and voted against the, the list of names of people who would be nominated to this committee saying that she felt that this entire process had been rushed uh, because yeah, it's, it's all coming out of the blue through walk-on motions.
0: And, and happening, yes. And happening at surprisingly rapid pace for, for city government.
1: Yeah. Considering what it is, is, well, we've talked about this ad nauseum it's throwing in the bin 10 years of city planning and uh, downtown planning and changing the complete direction of what city administration is considering their top priority. And it just seems to be coming out of nowhere. And because it is happening without public consultation, nobody really knows what's going on. And by the time we get, this committee is now going to be running the public consultation for it. It's starting the public consultation at a point where it's already kind of a thing the Catalyst mm-hmm. Committee exists and the Catalyst projects are Catalyst projects that are going forward. The public is basically being asked, where do we put them? And it's being asked, what, you know, what order should we do them in and what should they look like? They're not being asked, should we do this at all?
0: Oh, well, that's great. Yeah. Well, I think we should, I think we should keep an eye on uh, going forward uh, on the Catalyst Committee and what it does so we can, uh, have more opportunities to talk about it and try and understand it. Because yeah. I, I think, I think one thing I, I feel is that just because a process is rushed and done, you know, with less consultation than maybe it should have, doesn't mean it's necessarily bad or that the, the ends will be bad. Um, I mean, I have, I have opinions on, on these kinds of things, but I, would I, I would like to actually like pay attention, keep an I won't I'll say an open mind. Yeah, we'll we'll see. We'll see what happens
1: with it. I I get what you're saying. I am seeing so many uh, parallels to the way the stadium was sold to us, the Mm -hmm. way that the downtown plan was sold to us. Uh, I cannot help but feel that this is another monorail. And I see. I have yet to see any evidence that we should trust this process any more than any of the other processes. And we were all whipped to support the stadium and Mm -hmm. the Regina revitalization initiative. Uh, People were like, you know, hammered constantly with how this is a great thing, a transformative generational opportunity. We have to support this. If you don't support this, you're on the destruction team, get on the construction team. And now everybody who jumped on the construction team is being told, we have a new construction team. And if you stay (laughs) on the old construction team, you're on the destruction team. So uh, I think that council and the catalyst committee have to do a crap ton more work before uh, they're going to get, they're going to sucker me again.
0: You know, I understand.
1: Yeah. Although, you know, I will say if we do get this arena downtown, we do know that we will have scads of parking for the people who are going to shows there.
0: Which will be great for the female contingent, as yeah. was previously, uh, you know, announced in, in council. Uh, yeah, no, I, I think uh, I, I just want to pay attention to it, partly because uh, every fiber of my body d- doesn't trust it and wants to make fun of it on, on our program. Uh, but I don't want to make fun of it if it's if it's actually useful. Okay, so, you know what I mean.
1: I do. Uh, that's very open-minded of you.
0: But if it isn't, I, I shall, I shall mock, but I shall mock it. Yeah. And they, and they'll know, they'll feel my, they'll feel the sting of my tongue, and they'll do nothing differently.
1: Anyways, uh, we should knock this off because we are out of time.
0: We are. All right then. Yeah. Um, should we move to adjourn the meeting? We should probably do
1: that. Yeah.
0: All right. I move. I second. Motion passed. This meeting is adjourned. You've been listening to the Queen City Improvement Bureau on 91.3 FM CGTR. which community radio. Tune into the community. Uh, we are Paul Deschenes and Aiden Morgan, co-host music by Guidewire, a.k.a. Ryan Hill. Thanks to Ryan, as always. Uh, coming up next, we've got the Nerdcore Cabaret, followed by more programming, music all on through the night. We are broadcast 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. on Thursday nights and rebroadcast Monday afternoons, 3 to 4 p.m., uh, you can also find us on our website, uh, queencityib.com, and our Twitter feed, Queen City IB. And that's Improvement Bureau, not Irritable Bowel. Tired of pointing that out. Uh, yeah, that's it. Keep on improving, vagina.